0: Hello everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church uh, as we continue on in our series that we're calling Living Invitations. Living Invitations. And um, this series is about the church and um, you know we've defined the church as we got started as us, the people, we're, we're the church. The church isn't something that you do uh, or it's not a place, you are the church. And um, because of that, we, have, we are people of mission. And we're, we're talking about different ideas of what that looks like. But we sort of have launched into this idea of hospitality. And in the midst of hospitality, you know, that we're to reach out to our neighbors. And our neighbors are anybody who needs the uh, love of God, which makes a pretty big circle. And um, we, we then started talking about the spiritual battle because we have a very real enemy who's trying to keep um, the lost you know, blinded to the truth. And we're to be those who help them come to know Jesus, to live lives in a way. And as Peter said, you know, that's where living invitations come in. We're to live lives, such good lives among them that they want to come to know Jesus. And we're engaging in a spiritual battle with the enemy. And um, we have armor for that battle. And so really we're in a discussion of that armor. I thought it was a great place for us to start. Because I'm. my hope is that by taking some time to talk about the armor of God, you will all get in the habit of praying the armor of God on your, in, on, in your everyday life. It'll be something you will do every day. I recommend you do it in the morning before you get going as part of your routine that you take a moment and pray on the armor of God. We had wristbands made so you could remember just as a reminder don't just put the wristband on, actually stop and pray. And so we've been looking at the armor of God. And uh, you know, I've been, I've been sort of walking you through a simple prayer As we break it down piece by piece But I put on the, the, the belt of truth And I want to be a person of integrity today, God I want what I say I believe and how I live to match Today, I'm going to I want the, the breastplate of righteousness in place And I want it to be your righteousness, God A, a relational, loving um, lifestyle Not a self-righteous Thing, Lord, that I put on. I want to be ready to share with people the good news and go as a peacemaker with my, my shoes of peace on. And, and um, then, then we talked about the shield of faith, knowing that, that God exists and God cares and God responds. Uh, and um, today we're, we're going to talk about um, the, um, the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. We talked last week about the helmet of salvation and how our minds are protected because of Him. And so today we're going to talk about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So that's where we're headed. And uh, always a bad joke or two before I get into the main thing. Oh, this was fascinating. Scientists apparently have grown human vocal cords in a Petri dish. The results speak for themselves. That was hilarious. I... I really thought that would do better than that. Mm. The invention of the universal remote control changed everything. Okay, this one's just for somebody. What if soy milk is just regular milk introducing itself in Spanish? Soy milk Ah, okay. Scripture reading. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, be, that's the one you guys are going to remember, right? Soy milk. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. ...but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world... ...and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes... ...you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then... ...with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place... ...and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Blessed be the word of the Lord. We're going to dig into the second half of verse 17. We did the first half last week. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of... God, the sword of the spirit, point number one in your notes, which is the word of God. Now, the sword that's being described in this verse, uh, as Paul, in this passage, as Paul is talking about the armor is from the Greek word um, makaira. And it would be the the normal sword of a Roman soldier um, about the size of a machete. And this was the sword that was most used by Roman soldiers. It was a very effective weapon it's the sword most often referred to in the New Testament so when you're thinking about swords this kind of have it about the size of machete not you know the I think we watch a lot of you know those old with great big great long swords but this was just a size of machete which is a pretty impressive thing but that's kind of the sword and it was used in hand-to-hand combat it was also the type of sword that Peter had when they came to arrest Jesus um, and if you remember that I asked them some of the young guys I was talking to one time, and I asked them if they knew why why Peter had cut off the ear of the soldier. He missed. Oh, okay. Anyway, something to think about. Um, <laughs> Jesus picks it up and put it back on anyway, so it's a good thing. But it uh, uh, could have been worse, right? So anyway, as a believer, you've been uh, given uh, this incredible weapon to um, defend yourself, and also to attack the enemy. Um, And and this amazing weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is neat the way it's written about there, because not only do you have the Bible, the Word of God, you have the Holy Spirit, who leads and and guides and teaches us, and and He's uh, in residence in our lives. We've talked about that over throughout this series, that... Uh, and we really took, about it, took some time talking about it last week. The whole idea of sanctification, the Holy Spirit, dwells in us. So this this idea of the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is is the Word of God and the Spirit of God in conjunction in your life. It's a spiritual sword. And, and so this is uh, what John is talking about in 1 John 2.20. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Um, because of the Holy Spirit living in us and dwelling in us and enlightening us um, of the Word of God we have this anointing from Him where where we have access to the truth and we can walk in the truth in this life so we, we have this amazing weapon in the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God and we can use it for defense so when we're under attack when the enemy um, is coming after us and the enemy will do that um, I, I often call that sort of um, pushback um, when, when we're attempting things and we're moving in new directions or even just get along there's a there's a pushback the enemy would like to get us to stop doing things and he'll often push back against us so um, let me give you a, a quick example okay so you know we, we wanted a food trailer and we actually bought a food trailer and uh, it's a neat food trailer. It was brand new. We have it in the back, and we're ready to go. But there's a there's this little tie-up that we're fixing with um, the registration because it originated from China. This food trailer, and and so to register it, we needed this model the number, this one number, which we've seen a picture of, but we haven't got in our hand. But it's on its way, so it's going to be fixed. But but I, this has taken longer than I thought it would. And, and what I know that to be is pushback. I, I know that there's someone who doesn't want us out there doing what we're about to go doing. The enemy doesn't. So he's trying to... That's pushback. I, I get that. And actually, I kind of look for it. And so it doesn't surprise me and I don't let it get to me. I just go, okay, well, that's... When we get this thing going, it's going to have a huge impact because uh, that's what's going to happen. So we experience, you know, attack, pushback from the enemy, and we have the sword of the spirit in those times so that we can stand against it. And... and um, so when you, when you read the Bible and you see the little W-R-I-D word, word, big, big word in there, it's, it's, um, it's from the Greek word logos, which uh, means the entire word of God. But sometimes when you see that word, it's from the Greek word rhema. See, you know, English sometimes we don't have enough words to translate all the words in the Greek. So we use the same word um, and it means different things. So we, we can be confused about what's going on. So sometimes when you see the Word of God, it's it's the Logos, the entire Word of God, or sometimes it's Rhema, which is a specific part of the Scripture for a specific situation. And and it's the word Rhema that's used in reference to the sword of the Spirit. So in effect, when we need to take a stand, God will make sure we have just the right sword for the battle, Uh, just the right word at just the right time when we need it. For whatever situation that we're in, and there's a great example of this when the um, when Jesus is taking a stand against the enemy during the temptation in the wilderness. And so I just kind of want to go through those verses with you, because what's fascinating here is the enemy is actually going to try and use Scripture to trick Jesus. So so the enemy knows the Bible, and what he tries to do is twist it just a little. And he, that's one of his favorite tricks. He'll twist it just a little bit. That's why it's important for us to know it. Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. So, so the enemy pops some scripture at him, and Jesus quotes scripture in context back at the situation. Matthew 4, 5, and 6. Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And so the enemy quotes Psalm 91 there. Verses 11 and 12. But, but he uses it out of context to try and convince Jesus to sin. Um, and, and so, again, that's why it's so important that we take time to study the Bible so that we know context, we know what's coming and what it means when it happens. And so Jesus understands how, how, he's, how he's supposed to live, and he uses the context in Scripture to reply. Matthew 4, 7, Jesus said to him, It's also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Deuteronomy 6, 16. So there Jesus uses the right word at the right time instead of, you know, listening to the enemy twisting the scripture. Verses 8 through 11. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Deuteronomy 6.13. Jesus is quoting there and then verse 11 says the devil left him and the angels came and attended him and so what you need to see when we take a stand against the enemy we we have just the right spiritual sword the 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 word of God and the spirit of God for the specific battle this is an amazing sort of thing to grasp how God has prepared us with this awesome armor and what it means in every detail to be people of integrity and truth, um, you know, uh, righteousness, peace, um, the, you know, salvation settled in knowing that we've been saved, we're being saved, we will be saved, and now we have this amazing defensive weapon uh, in in the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, spiritual sword, Holy Spirit, Word of God in conjunction in every situation. So, we can take a stand against the enemy when he, when he comes after us, because... God's going to see us through that we also can use this sword for offense that's point number three for offense so it's a, it's a great weapon for offense um, and, and this is the, the weapon that we can have really one of the, one of the biggest impacts on the works uh, and, um, and the kingdom against the enemy Ephesians 5 6 through 17 let no one deceive you with empty words For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it's light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. See, this is an admonition by Paul on how we're to live this life. That we, we used to be trapped in darkness, but we're not. We've been brought into the kingdom of God, into the light. And the light exposes everything. And, and so we, we're not to continue to walk in the foolishness that we once did. We have this new life in Christ. And, and it's a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and as we go and live this life well, not self-righteously, but just living it well, um, it impacts people around us for the kingdom it really does make a difference it's what people are looking for people um, people are looking for something in life and what they're looking for is people who are loving well and who have something going on in them that's different not in a self-righteous hypocritical sort of way that doesn't impact or impress anybody but but real people that are just you know living um, in a way where, where they're being real and honest and they're not perfect, but they're, they're moving in a direction because of the love of God and how that flows through them. So this is, you know, where we find life and how it makes a difference in the world around us. So what we need to do, fourth point, is we need to keep our sword sharp. We need to keep our sword sharp. And because um, we have an enemy, the enemy would love for our swords to be dull and unusable. Um, he, he would like to get this weapon off the table if he could Because uh, he's aware of how powerful it is And and he would like to be able to come after you with a scripture just a little bit twisted And have you go, oh yeah, that's right Instead of going, no, that's not what the scripture says at all That's not what's supposed to be happening, that's not right Because you have it in you And there was a time um, in the history of Israel where this was a very real thing The Philistines had figured out that the way they could keep Israel in um, occupation was to take away all their blacksmiths so that they couldn't make swords or spears or any of those things. So they just eradicated the blacksmiths. Probably wouldn't have been a good time to be a blacksmith. And, uh, And so they just took them all out. And so whenever the Israelites needed something sharpened, they would have to go to the Philistine blacksmiths and pay them an exorbitant amount of money, and they wouldn't work on swords or spears, only on you know, farming equipment, stuff like that. Listen to this, 1 Samuel 13, 19 through 22. So this was a, a plan of the enemy. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines had said, otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. So all Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plowshares, mattocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. The price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plowshares and mattocks, and a third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes and for repointing goads. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or a spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. How about that? They had eliminated the weaponry from Israel by eliminating the blacksmiths. And so there there was no one with um, sword or spear except for... Saul and his son Jonathan, that was it just two, that's not very many going into war, right, that's kind of like a oops and when I read that I thought to myself it's like the enemy now, so the enemy would love to keep us in a place where we're not keeping our sword sharp and ready for battle we just get lackadaisical and we sort of fall off and we, we sort of entrust it to other people if at all and we will have somebody else talk to us but we're we're not going to do it ourselves, you know And we'll, we'll, we'll listen but we're not going to study it, we're not going to get a hold of it, um, and, and yet that's when it becomes dull, and we can't use it the way that we should for defense and for offense, so there's some things you need to do, A under there, you need to read the Bible, if you've come here for any length of time you've heard me say it, I will say it as often as I can, you've got to read the book um, it, it's just something you have to do, there's no substitute for reading the Bible nothing is like reading the Bible and it's something that you need to do And you need to do it regularly and, and find a way to do it Find a way to build it into your life Even if it's just for a few moments a day Just build it into your life And make it something that you do every day Find a Bible reading plan that you can stick with You can't do that I often tell people just read a proverb a day 31 chapters in Proverbs Read one every day That will do amazing things in your life If you're not doing anything else Or if you're like the Psalms Read, read four or five psalms a day, and you'll get through 150 chapters in a month. Um, or, you know, there's just, or find a plan that you can, or just read the New Testament through the course of, easily read in the course of a the month. There's so many things you can do, but do something. Read it every day, because it's, it's the only way that you really get to what's happening. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God so you have to read the Bible for yourself you just have to read it you have to take it in Um, and it's the only way that you really learn how to use the sword effectively for defense and for offense is that you read it you have to know what's in there and you have to know how to access it and so it's incumbent on you to take time to learn what that looks like And it's one of those things that just happens with time So take time and, and read it And, and um, embrace it And look at it You know, I, I read mine now on the iPad Just because I can make it bigger But but uh, I, you, you have to find a way to read it And you have to read it daily B, as you go to read it Ask for understanding Ask for understanding John fourteen twenty six. But the counselor of the Holy Spirit Whom the Father will send in my name Will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So when you start to read your Bible, get in the habit of asking the Holy Spirit to help you understand what you're about to read. I, I literally say that as I go to read. Holy Spirit, would you just show me what you want me to see today? Um, I'm, I'm finishing up a book, and, and a new book, and I'm, the subtitle is Illuminated Reading. And and. When I ask the Holy Spirit to do that, it fascinates me how when I read, something will pop out on me like it's just specifically for me that day. Like it's highlighted. It'll just be, boom. It'll be right there. Something I probably read lots of times. But on that moment and that day, it will pop right open to me. And I'll spend time thinking about that all day long. Just keep going back to it. I'll keep, Oh, that was cool. I wonder what that means. And I just keep going back to it. And usually it's the course of a day. Every now and again, you've been here, something will hit me and I'll think about it for three years. <laughs> like, do you want to get well? If you remember that, I just that was in everything for a long time. I couldn't get past it, so I'll just keep thinking about it. I still think about it. But something will pop up and pop into me and, and if you ask the Holy Spirit, he will do that for you. And then okay, that's something will and then you can kinda of chew on it over the rest of the day. But but just just ask just like that. Holy Spirit, would you just show me today what you want me to see? Simple prayer, but that's all we need. And and powerful prayer. And you'd be amazed at how he show you things as you read them. And then C. Memorize some of your favorite passages. It's just a powerful thing to have at your disposal some scripture. We've gone through some series here where I've taught you verses and I've taken time to explain them and said these are we called them vineyard verses. Do you remember when we did that? And I gave you, I don't know, like a half a dozen passages of scripture and said, these are some scripture that you should carry around with you. And that you should you should have, you know, available. Just kind of think about it. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything my prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Powerful stuff. You should have a collection of those that you can get to. Because when you need them I, And that one to me is huge Because I need that one all the time Don't be anxious about anything Oops Steve don't be anxious about anything But in everything Just because it's so powerful and, and we can still remember verses I was laughing with some friends Because they said it's harder to remember Bible I get it is a little harder than it used to be um, but, but you can still remember it If you, if you kind of think about it I was teasing with friends earlier The other day I was, I was pointing at my wife And I, I said I, I couldn't think of the name of something Does this ever happen to you? And I point, I said, I want one of those metal things with points. <laughs> she goes, you mean a fork? That's what it is. <laughs> I could have quoted you scripture at that moment in time, but couldn't come up with the word fork. But that's the deal, though. So, but you can remember, you know, you just had to make yourself remember. James one twenty five: the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he'll be blessed in what he does. And so the huge impact on the world around us by being people who know this book and the best that we can and, and who spend time in it, who read it and who, who live it and who do that just simple prayer. Lord, show me what you want me to see. Holy Spirit, illuminate Scripture to me today. And then I'm going to dwell on that. And, and that will cause us to live in a way that impacts the world around us. So let me encourage you again. Read your Bibles every day. Nothing, nothing takes the place of that. Just spend some time reading your book every day so that you know it well so that you start to know where things are um, that you're comfortable with it that, that you know the names of the books of the Bible and you know that you sort of get that and how many books there are over time as a believer you should know those things you need to have read it and, and it, then, then read it again and then again and again and again and again and again, but just seriously that's, that's how we do it but, but you know it should be over time that you kind of have a clue about what's going on but that just takes time and practice and it's like anything else, it's worth it, all right, so um, that's all I have to say about that today, if you're watching my video, thanks for watching, appreciate that, Uh, if you need prayer, go to the website, there's a prayer page, put your prayer request in, we'll pray for you, hope to see you soon, God bless you, bye.